Hello and welcome to the Free Old Big Footy Podcast, episode 66. This week, we'll go back and have a look at the game last week versus the Giants, where Fremantle were able to extend their lead out against the other teams in the competition, getting a game and a half lead on second post West Coast. We'll have a couple of look at look at a couple of key re-signings during the week, and then we'll have a look at the upcoming clash against the Saints at Etihad. Joining us this week is our usual resident Victorian expert, Seppo. How are you, mate? I am very good, and it's amazing to think we're gone past around 18 and we're into 19, and we're now looking at the uh, final few games of the season. It's certainly uh, gaining pace now as we get towards the end. Yeah, for sure. And this week, Seppo, Fremantle continued their winning ways, kicking 12 goals, 12-84 to 9-9-63 in a very sort of scrappy type affair where Fremantle never looked nearly threatened, but uh, at the same time never really broke away, broke the Giants either at the same time. Yeah, it was a, a certainly interesting game, and I suppose the uh, margin probably uh, flattened the Giants in the end. I think we sort of dominated without really hitting on the scoreboard. I know we kicked 12-12, but it would have been nice to have a couple of those uh, misses converted into goals, so at least the uh, scoring opportunities are there. I can't remember how many of those were... Uh, Obviously, um, some of like Alex Pierce's kicks didn't even make the distance, and some of the others sort of went out in the full. Or um, Daniel Pierce had a touch from ten meters out. Yeah, so <laughs> there there was a, a couple of instances there where you can sort of just fine tune it a bit. Um, but definitely, it seemed in the third quarter. I think when we got on a roll and kicked three or four goals in a row, it looked like we were um, going to blow them out of the park. We sort of let them get back into it and win the last quarter, which is a bit of a shame, but. Um, at this stage, is just glad, especially with teams like Hawthorne and West Coast having the draw, it's just great to get the uh, four points at this stage. So it doesn't really matter. We won by 21, but glad to get the four points. Yeah, percentage really doesn't come into it for us now, and it probably hasn't for the last four to five weeks, but we're never going to really going to be able to catch Hawthorne or even West Coast, given the gap in the percentage was close to 30%. So it was a bit disappointing. Probably the key uh, out for the game was... Zach Dawson, who copped two weeks, and probably lucky only copped two weeks for a, you know, a Judd-like uh, elbow on mm. um, Jeremy Cameron, and uh, he'll be out for a couple of weeks and probably just throws our structure out a little bit because probably one of the highlights early you talked about earlier, Seppo was Pierce was moved forward, and there'd been talk this week from the guys down and watching training that he'd been played in a forward role, and apart from those first couple of kicks where he didn't fail to make the distance, he uh, looked quite good down there. Yeah, he was um, certainly moving well and sort of didn't get in Pav's way too much and let Maine and, and Walters do their job as well up there. So um, I think it was really good to see his effort and his intent. He seemed a bit more hungry for the ball, and I think we saw that in the last few games he's played um, down back. How he was, like we've mentioned in the previous podcast, he's you know not scared to take the game on and Got some big cojones, so great to see him go forward. And he's obviously ranges around 40 metres, so anything beyond the uh, 40 metre mark, he might struggle to make the distance. But good to see him finally get the goal after three attempts. And, and it's good to see Walters hit a, sort of a bit of a patch as well and kick four goals himself. So starting to get a bit of fire pack, firepower back. And obviously it was mentioned uh, during the Fox call that you know when Freo kicks 12 goals, we're pretty much 100% win. So, and we got to the 12. Just. <laughs> it was. Yeah, Alex Pierce's kicking style was pretty, uh, you can see it quite often in the forward. You don't see it too often sort of displayed in the back line because he generally doesn't kick too far and sort of plays within himself. But 
you can see he doesn't have much of a follow-through, Seppo. Probably, you know, looks like he's got 40-year-old hamstrings there. So it's be interesting to see this week if he sort of starts kicking through the ball. He just looked like he was just trying to stub it and uh, rather than sort of kicking through. So hopefully we'll see him, uh, you know, follow through on the ball a little bit better this week and get them through the big sticks. Mm. Uh, any, I mean, for me, the highlight of the game probably, Seppo, was probably the ball use of Stephen Hill in particular. His uh, kicking during the game was just outstanding. And uh, every time he had the ball, he not only sort of hit the target, but, you know, looked really, really dangerous and was a clear standout for me as the best, probably one of the best on the ground, if not the best on the ground on the day. Yeah, 32 touches for the uh, the man number 32 on the back was uh, really good. But I thought there was probably some other players like Spur and Mundy and, and Neil, even though Neil probably wasn't operating at a, a good efficiency, I think those guys got a lot of the ball and helped push it forward. And I think Spur was actually... Um, Played probably one of his better games for the whole year down back and, and actually really helped us drive off the, the half-back line. Yeah, and once again, we got a bit of key drive. I know there was a bit of talk on the week, during, on the boards this week, Seppo, about uh, you know Sheridan's game in terms of uh, some people thought he was really good and other people thought he was uh, butchered it. And, uh, I thought he provided good drive and I think having him in that back half is going to give us a little bit more run um, than what we had prior to the year and he certainly is not afraid to back himself he, he just I mean he'd obviously like to see his disposal efficiency improve a little bit but I think at the same time he takes those chances and can open up the game for us a bit as well yeah it's good to see him also taking through the corridor a bit and I think he um he likes to kick it more than he does handball and got out into the space a bit got a couple in um uncontested marks and inside 50 so um he's sort of showing a bit like what we said that Sutcliffe was doing last year. He's starting to step up and get some, you know, a bit more of the ball because I think people aren't happy if he's getting 12 or 13 touches. Now that he's getting closer to 25. That's um, really good. And the other really sort of pleasing thing, I think, for Freo fans at the game, Seppo, was the performance of uh, Lockie Weller coming on for his first game in the last quarter and got eight touches and uh, looked very damaging and used the ball extremely well. Yeah, he's a very attacking-minded player. You could just see he was getting to win uh, attacking positions on the ground and didn't get much opportunity with that, um, you know, subbing on at that late stage of the game. But, you know, he got more, well, the same amount of touches as Jeremy Cameron, who was um, out there for most of it and didn't get subbed off after that, uh, the blood nose, which was uh, quite interesting. But, um, yeah, he definitely looked at home and um, obviously might be a bit harder to compete on the inside against some bigger bodies, but certainly out in the uh, final quarter of the game as things opened up, um, and you could see the pace really dropped off from the Giants probably around the um, middle of the third quarter. They really just suddenly hit a brick wall and the game opened up for us, and that's where guys like uh, Weller and, and even Hill and you know, Suckliff and Crozier really started to get the ball moving at, at quick speed. Yeah, Crozier I think wasn't 100% on the game on the weekend just sitting because I'm sort of pretty much right behind the interchange bench there, Seb, and I think I throw up a couple of times, so I'm not sure he was 100% out there on that game but uh, and didn't probably have quite the impact he did against Richmond. So he, I'm sure he'll be keen to bounce back this week. What is, looking at the game, what do you think of, there's been a lot of talk as well about Mzungu, why he hasn't been in or why he, or whether he should be in? What you obviously looking at it from a distance, Seb, what do you think of his performance during the week? Um. I- it was a bit of a, a miss for me in terms of um, actually watching him play. I sort of didn't really notice um, too much of him out there. And uh, even just you know, looking back on it now, um, 
can't remember too many moments in the game. Yeah, I think he, his ball use probably just let him down a bit, and I think that's probably been one of the knocks on why he probably hasn't been playing much before that, before this sort of year. And uh, I think he'll still sort of be on that cusp of uh, the group, along with our usual, res, you know, resident uh, sort of ins and outs, like the likes of De Boer and sort of Subin, who sort of seems to uh, be in the gun for most people each week. I think uh, back to last year was when Mizunga was playing really well. He was dropping in the hole and doing what Ibbotson was doing with a couple of nice overhead marks, intercepting, running out, and even getting on the scoreboard a bit when he pushed forward. And kind of some, neither of those um, you know, sort of trademarks moved from him. So he's, he's either playing a different role or just getting lost a bit and not found his you know, spot in the uh, team to be that important cog because he's, um, yeah, he's definitely probably had some really good roles last year. He just probably hasn't found that role. It's either been taken over by someone else or they're asking him to do some different things this year. So it's... Yeah, it's interesting with Tendai. Yeah, it'd be interesting as well to see uh, with the likes of Weller if he gets another game this week and could be playing up against his brother. Uh, you know, because the other likes of Daniel Pearce and that got a lot of the ball, but unfortunately he did tend to butcher it a little bit at times as well. And uh, I know he does give us a lot of drive inside 50, but, you know, you're hoping that those sort of, uh, if, you know, those sort of guys like Weller put in good performances that they will uh, certainly put the pressure on those guys to lift their game and particularly their ball use, which is, been a concern for us for a, for a number of months probably by now. Mm. Twenty uh, when you talk about that, Seppo, like you know, it's been a concern, and yet we're still fifteen and two. And you know, how quickly you forget when you used to sort of sit there a few years ago, and we were sort of you know two and fifteen and pretty miserable. So but certainly, it, you know, considering we're not playing that well and we're still managing to get the wins, it's uh, really a good sign for us. Really good. Uh, any other sort of points you want to bring up before we sort of move on from this one? No, other than the fact that um, Pav seems to be back. I know he probably didn't hit the scoreboard enough, and I think he had a couple of uh, close misses, I think, to the right-hand side. Um, I think he's probably over that little injury or sickness or whatever he was carrying early on for the last couple of rounds, and I think he's going to be, um, yeah, still to hit the heights of, I think, what he's capable of yet. So I think towards the end of this year, if he's over everything, not sick, not hurt, he's going to be um, really good for our September chances. Yeah, that's the key thing. We've got plenty of improvement left in us, and not just in ball use, but the way we're moving the ball. And and once we sort of get Michael Johnson back as well, and that back line settles down a little bit, uh, it will. Um, it should certainly give us a good four to five weeks building up into the finals. And I think we'll get a pretty good test this week with the uh, tools of uh, McCartan, Josh Bruce, and Rewalt playing for the Saints as well. Mm. All right, Seppo, a couple of uh, key re-signings for us this week as well. Yeah, it was uh, great to see that young uh, Blakely and Tabner have both signed on with a two and one year deal, both setting them out to 2017. So it's good that we've uh, locked away someone like Tabner. And even though he's not out there in the side, you can see from what he did earlier in the year and saw Freo put up some article saying that he's one of our more accurate kick for goals. So great to see some young talent locked away. And, and when you look at the uh, remaining players that have... Uh, expiring at the end of this year there's more of the older mix now and there's only a couple of the young guys want to probably lock away with you know Sheridan Crozier Apness and Alex Pierce and Gray himself so and Clark's, um, the, and Clark's the other one as well isn't he yeah so there are a bit of the um the older types there but at least those first second third year players they'll be uh keen to lock some of them away as well and hopefully we don't lose anyone to the uh eastern states and 
um, yes, first of the uh, hopefully many signings of the, that younger group that's just come through and extending them out. Yeah. And I, I can't... You feel it very unlikely that many of those guys, unless they're not getting an opportunity to play, uh, would leave. I mean, it's very difficult to leave a sort of successful side, and I know that some guys do. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how as this management goes during the uh, week this week, Seppo, I've seen that every free agent, uncontracted player who was over about 190 centimetres was coming to Fremantle with Carlisle and Jay Schultz and uh, Dixon. Charlie Dixon, and um, <laughs> yeah. they're, all, they're all in the mix. So uh, we certainly haven't got enough room to fit them all in. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the most likely type, I think that they've been talking about, seems to have some merit as Schultz, and he'll be someone fantastic if we can get the likes of him over to Frio, and I think there's a couple others that have kind of been ruled out or rumours and things that have probably ruled out a lot of other tall targets. But you'd think we'd, after years and years and you know, balancing things right, that they can work out exactly how to get one of them across. And I think with what we've got on at the moment, unless we um, you know wait a couple of years for Apness and Taberner and, say, Alex Beers to come on, we're not going to have that you know piece of the puzzle filled by uh, drafting within. Yeah, I think that's a key point as well, Seppo, is like even if it's, you know, even someone like Schultz, even though he's 31, if he keeps the window open for another one to two years, all of a sudden it gives those guys like Atmos not the requirement. And I know that you want to see whether they can do it or not. And I mean, Atmos had a chance last year, and unfortunately, probably if he wasn't injured this year, would have got another opportunity to play yeah. up forward. Uh, but the, the great thing is the likes of... Uh, from what we've seen of Pierce so far, is that he has got the ability to go forward and back and gives us a genuine swingman who can play in both forward and defence. Mm. All right, moving on. Seppo, going on this week to the Saints game at Etihad Stadium on Sunday afternoon. It'll be a game I'm actually going to go over for, so hopefully we'll see a bit better performance uh, than what we've had in the last couple of games at, against St Kilda at uh, Etihad, even though I know one of the games we had our sort of Peel reserve side, but Last week, last year we had a pretty good side and got smacked over there. So we'll certainly be trying to improve on that performance. So do you want to go through the ins and outs for us, Seppo? Yeah, at the moment it's the Sunday game, so we've only got the squad here. So for Saints, they bring in Gilbert, Rewalt, Loney, Ross, Akers, Wright and Shenton. And out of their side comes the young Tasmanian Eli Templeton, Webster with a groin, Longer, Saunas and Dunstan with Saunas as well. Going over to the Freo side, we've got uh, into the squad Connor Blakely, Zach Clark, Alex Silvani, and Clancy Pierce in the big white shorts. Out comes Dawson with his suspension. And uh, obviously it's interesting we don't have Fife in there and obviously they've started going to get him rested and hopefully right for the derby next week, which I think is a smart move. And let's just hope with, uh, without bringing him to the side that you know it pays off and he gets the rest he needs and... There's a long, long wait until the um the derby, so let's hope it pays off. And it's um yeah, just having a look at the milestones for this game. We've got uh, Sean Dempster, a small defender on the other side, playing his 200th game, and it always seems to happen. We've probably had about four or five big milestones like this come against us this year, and not sure how it works out for the opposition most of the time. But um yeah, uh, going down to the umpires, we've got uh, O'Gorman, which is a, a new one. I don't really recognise his name which is a good sign. We've got our old Razor Ray Chamberlain, Ben Ryan, and the emergency is uh, uh, Jordan Bannister as well. So, it's, uh, yeah, at least it's, we don't have Lee Fisher doing this game, which is uh, good to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, it would certainly be an interesting one seeing his, uh, with, uh, his history with Ross Lyon and uh, particularly now games in that regard. Do you see it just being a straight swap like for like? I know that Silvani played one half, I think, or played limited reserves or probably a half of a reserves game. So it would be a big stretch for him to come straight into um, Eddie Had, but um, judging by the fact that St Kilda are going to go in tall with Bruce McCartan and Rewalt, if we want to have sort of, you know, there might even be times when we may have to play Pierce back as well if Ibbotson is under the pump a bit. Uh, can you see, see it just being a straight swap like for like? Uh, I suppose it all depends on how free I want to go with the matchups because I can probably leave Dawson out, maybe bring in Silvani or um, throw in an extra midfielder, um, which might leave us a bit small and, and a big job. And then Saints can probably stretch us if we're talking about bringing Membry in, in as well. He's a almost like a third tall as well. And I know they've dropped long of the Ruckman and they're relying on uh, Hickey to carry most of the load. And you think one of the others will probably slip in there and um, pinch it to help out. So um, it will be interesting to see how they go because you think Sandy and, and Griff can carry the load in the ruck, but it's just how tall we go with our defence. Because I know Ibbotson can probably handle Bruce and likes to play a bit taller, but that combination of um, McFarlane and Pierce on Rewalt and McCartan might be enough, but they might decide they need that extra one and bring Silvani in. But I'd be happy and I could see the reason why they wouldn't. And they might give the young, young kind of Blakely a, a, a debut or even bring Clancy Pierce back in to take another defender and, and make Ibo play a bit taller. So there are a couple of different options depending on which way they want to go. Yeah, they have a definitely a developing squad, St Kilda. They're, a couple of their younger players, they look, and, you know, Hugh Guards get a game this week and a couple of their younger guys, you know, like Jack Loney, Jack Sinclair. I mean, Jack Billing's not playing, but he's um, shown bits as well this year. And even the young likes of Blake Akers, who was from West Perth, Seb Ross is showing a little bit at the times. But they've still got that smattering of um, experience with the likes of Dempster, Fisher, Gilbert, um, Jaron Geary, who's a good player. So it's certainly not going to be a um, walk in the park for us, Seppo, that's for sure. Uh, you know, and even though we've... I mean, in saying that, though, with the lot, even though we do have the likes of... Well, we really have three All-Australians out with uh, Ballantyne, Johnson and Fife. Um, if we really do have any sort of... Premiership credentials, as they say, we should. This should be one game that we should win. Yeah, and I suppose it's hard to look at the uh, past two results and St Kilda winning by what seventy and fifty-eight points or something. I think the last two times we played them, that's probably in the back of Frio's minds. And I think Monday made some comment in the midweek saying that you know last time they came across they were probably acting a bit cocky and just expecting to get the result done. And Saints obviously came out and really shocked us. So I know they don't have the same type of players like Stanley and. I can't remember who else out there that did the job, but yeah. <laughs> at least this time that we've um, probably going to be more attuned and, and at least you think the guys are probably saying you, you get the four points here and we'll be sitting well for the rest of the year. So let's just hope that the uh, the the effort and the mentality of these guys going in there are expecting, I think even just Saints, even though they lost to what, Port last week by a, a fair fair margin, it wasn't a, um, a close game, but... I think these guys will be realising that Saints have played some good footy this year and, and scared some big sides, so they're no walkover. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the game last year, as you said, the likes of Reece Stanley always seems to have a career game against us with uh, 19 disposals and, you know, 14 marks and three goals and Rewalt kicked four as well. And uh, he's, he's probably got a few injury concerns of his own coming off a calf industry, uh, injury, which is, can always uh, be a little bit tricky, so he may not probably be pushing out as... Uh, much as he would like either with full fitness, but 
and I think even the likes of Farron Ray and those, a couple of those guys last year who just really had uh, cracking games aren't in this week with Farron Ray and I mean Schneider is playing or well, he's certainly listed in the extended squad so he may come in but uh, yeah I think we I think they'll be switched on and you know looking to cement that top spot because obviously one of those second or third teams won't win this week except with the Hawks and Eagles playing each other as well. Mm. It's certainly uh, quite interesting how the uh, permutations of the top four and what it means for finals as we're you know in round 19 now and before you know it round 23 is played and we're we're into finals, so it um, goes very quick, and um, yeah, this result's going to be huge, and I think we've still got enough players out there that are competing for a spot as well, because, you know, it gets serious now, and people want to be in there at the right time of year, and and there's probably some of these younger guys that, you know, young, young Lockie Weller and, and Blakely, let's say if he gets a game, that they'll be um, trying their heart out and, and trying to learn the craft amongst the seniors, and hoping that they can stay in and it's putting pressure because, like I said, with those names missing, you know, Johnson could be back soon, Ballantyne could be back for finals and Fife's going to come back into this squad and there's probably some others that are probably sitting on the outside like Clancy and Clark as well that probably, yeah, I reckon they should be a part of the seniors that are got to make their way in. So at least it puts pressure on, you know, some of the guys that have come into the side recently like Griffin and um, I suppose Mzungu and the guys that have sort of made their way back in and even Alex Pierce that's got that extended run because it's, very hard to drop some of them now if they start to have really good games. Yeah, and I think the key thing will be in this game, Seppo, is probably how well Fremantle take control of the sort of more experienced Saints players and how the Saints youngsters cope against our probably... We don't have too many sort of rookies in there. And last week, if you you know, even the game against Port Adelaide, they had a number of scoring shots which they missed early, but the likes of... You know, Membray didn't get a lot of the ball, or McKenzie. I think they had probably six or seven players that didn't get more than 10 possessions for the game. So, you know, you, and I know possessions aren't everything, but, you know, you're still relying then on a lot of guys to do a lot of the work. And probably the likes of Stephen and Armitage have been real mainstays for them this year, and they'll probably have to have cracking games again this week to be able to get the points, I think, if they yeah. wanted to. And it's going to be interesting to see if there's a, a chance if, you know, Lockie Weller gets a game that he lines up against his brother. If he runs into the midfield, it probably won't obviously be a, a match-up that they throw the magnets onto the board to say, you know, brother on brother. But it, it might just work out. And it's always good to see, though, you know, Hill and Hill and now Weller and Weller, another combination of uh, brothers out there. They get to play against each other. And it's even just quite interesting having a look at all the names of the uh, Saints and how many Jacks. I know there's no Jack Billings out there, but they've got Jack Stephen. Jack Nunes, Jack Sinclair, Jack Loney. I think there might be one other Jack out there on their list, or he's not playing, but it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jack Billings, I think. Yeah, so it's uh, the team of Jacks. And, um, yeah, even just having a look at Dylan Robertson, I think he's an ex-Frio plays, found a bit of form, I think, and playing a really good role for them now and um, certainly improved since he's uh, left us a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, most people were pretty high on Robertson, especially with his skills and stuff, and... Obviously, having a baby at that young age, you know, does uh, upset the, uh, you know, rhythms and all that sort of stuff and just getting used to a new lifestyle. So, but good luck to him over there and hopefully um, he doesn't have too good a game this week, but uh, does all right for himself in the future. Uh, the other thank you to obviously trying to try and stretch Fremantle. So the midfield pressure is going to be pretty important and you'd like to think that, well, you'd think that St Kilda are probably going to look for a bit more of a running, stunning or, you know, open affair 
uh, Seppo and Fremantle will probably be trying to shut it down a little bit. But at the same time, if they're going to be trying to improve their ball use, it'd be interesting to see which way Ross Lyon goes with the game plan, whether to be that bit more defensive or whether he does uh, sort of push it out to a sort of open affair. I think he likes, and I think we've seen the games Eddie had have been probably a bit more high scoring for us. And I know he always talks about a quick, fast deck and yeah, how high scoring these games can be. So I think we'll be looking for a big score and, and playing really quick. And, and I think this is where, you know, people like Hill and Sheridan could probably have ripping games and even Daniel Pierce, providing he can hit the targets and kick straight will um will be really important for us to to move the ball quickly and catch the uh, Saints players and then hopefully the younger guys out of position and off guard and really put pressure on them and turn and move the ball quickly. So, uh, you know, it's what we've been wanting to see that we were doing really well at the start of the year, the first few rounds, and I think we're just starting to see signs of it. You know, they said the effort's good and a bit of this execution and maybe this this might be a game that we uh, get a run of form in and, and play really well. Having a look at the uh, the interchange, um, the way it's listed here with Barlow and Neil, you'd expect them to play, and they always seem to start on the bench. Who would you uh, pick out of the others to um, make the final squad? And obviously, I'm not sure if, um, when the Peel game is on this weekend, but they might fly one, possibly two across as well, just to be safe. Well, it's a Saturday afternoon game for Peel this week against South Fremantle. Uh, you're right, Seppo, there's no doubt that Barlow and Neil will play. I think Lockie Weller did certainly didn't do his harm, chances any harm last week. He came on, he provided a bit of spark. He, I mean, eight touches in a quarter. You can't ask for really too much more. And not only were they, I mean, they were eight pretty good touches as well. He sort of, you know, some of his kicking out of the back line and even the one he kicked to Griffin in the forward line was uh, also pretty good. So you'd have to think uh, he's sort of played himself in at least for another week, whether he gets another game on the, as a sub. Um, Sometimes you can play too well and end up being a super sub type role, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does. I can't see Blakely playing this week, Seppo. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, Blakely will probably get a game when they. Re- I reckon they'll rest Monday against Melbourne yep. for our home game, and I reckon that'll be when Blakely gets his chance. Mm. Um, or could, would you have a look at say Silvani come in like for like with Dawson? And they might just sw- switch around, uh, you know, like you play, stay at home, play a full game for Peel and Blakely or the uh, sub. Do you reckon it could work out that? Because he doesn't seem to be an impact player, but you, you just wonder if they give him a taste and, and bring him on the last quarter. Well, I, I think based on the fact that um, they're going to have those tools, I think they're going to have to go with Silvani. I, Bruce, um, you know, right, Rewalt would have to go. McFarlane would probably have to go with Rewalt, you'd have to think. And therefore, if you're looking, Ibbotson does play tall, and like he probably might be all right on McCartan unless they try and isolate him in the goal square. Uh, and that's when you know whether Pierce would then have that role, whether Pierce would play on Bruce or Silvani. I I think you just got to go like for like, and you've got to back your training in. And if Silvani's been training, and even though I know he's only had half a game, um, the likes of McCartan, he's not going to be a huge mover up and down the ground. He's going to pretty much stay home, so I don't think it's and going to affect Silvani too much in that regard, um, in terms of his hammy. So I would envisage they'll go like for likes, just a straight swap Dawson for Silvani, mm. and they'll probably leave. I can't see Clark getting a game unless Pierce, um, unless Griff gets dropped, mm. and we can't can't see that happening. 
would be very unlikely, especially. I think Griffin showed enough from last week to warrant another combo, or and I suppose they would have been pretty open or point out, you know, if it's if it's time for Sandlands to rest, and we have a combination of Griffin and Clark because we haven't seen that one for a while either. So that might be another possible uh, mix, but you just you just wonder if it's uh, going to be before the end of the year when Sandy gets a rest. If that happens, I I think that'll probably be the last week of the season, Seppo. 23? Yeah, you can't yeah. see him playing. You have to play him next week against Nat Nui. Mm. Um, then, the week, then I think we've got... Um, North Melbourne the week after, and then and you can't Melbourne see him playing against yeah. Goldstein. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it depends on other results as well, but I think they want to make sure that they've locked it in. You just wouldn't play him that last week. You give him the rest against Port Adelaide. Yeah. You know, and, if, and for travel as well. Just yeah, exactly sense. right. And then, yeah. then you come into the finals. He's had a week you know, be refreshed and that sort of thing. And um, and hopefully you do the same with McFarlane. You give him a rest somewhere in those three to four games. And I think that's probably what they're going to be looking at is how they can sort of keep winning but also give those guys a bit of a break when they need to. Mm. I, I read on the forum today that uh, Silvani, the reason why he had limited... Game time was because of the um, obviously the KPIs I set for the GPS, and I think he'd uh, gone too hard too soon, and they had to uh, restrict him for how much. Not not the fact that he was hurt or anything, but the fact that he uh, ran too much or killed it. And it, <laughs> it sounds like Silvani to me, so it's probably good news if that's the reason why he was on restricted uh, um, game time the other day. Yeah, and in, and the thing with Silvani, you know, is if he wears his heart and his sleeve, so there's if you put him in there, you know, he's certainly not going to hold back or. I'll give you 100% when he's out there. So, mm. uh, I, yeah, I think uh, it'll be just a straight swap like for like. And I, I would imagine that uh, Ross Lyon probably would have peeled the uh, paint off with uh, Dawson during the week for being for that <laughs> stupidity that he uh, um, showed with that elbow to Cameron because it's uh, certainly not a uh, well, not a good look for one thing and it certainly uh, probably upsets our chance to rest the likes of McFarlane coming into the finals as well. Because mm. he certainly looked good. Because I know there's a lot of people complaining about his spoils and and some of his decisions, obviously with that elbow. But I thought he provided a bit more physicality in the back line, and I certainly enjoyed the you know, couple of moments out there with Dawson. He just seemed to make our spine a bit stronger, and um, maybe we'll see it with Silvani coming back. But I think it would just be uh, you know great if we we could actually get him or or get that combination of you know Johnson back in there with possibly Alex Pierce as well. I don't know if we can probably warrant have all three, depending on the opponents, but, yeah, it'll be a good time to obviously get McFarlane rested soon, likewise with uh, Sandy. Well, we usually go with three talls, even last year. We've always generally played with the three talls, Seppo, when you've got Johnson, McFarlane and Dawson, and then we had, like, Ibo or Johnson playing that. Like, Ibbotson would quite often play the third tall, which allowed Johnson to play the loose man. Mm. So you'd have to think, and then I think it really, for Pierce, it's going to come down to what he does in the next uh, probably four to five weeks. And it's whether I think Ross Lyon knows what Tabernacle is going to give you. Yeah. Um, so they're going to probably have a look at uh, Pierce and say, well, you've got three to four weeks and you're, you can play your way into playing into a forward role. And if he doesn't, if he's not able to continue to do that, well, then I think that Tabs will come back in. And then, you know, it's up, then up to whether the match committee, whether they decide to keep Pierce down back or whether they go with that more experienced trio of Dawson, McFarlane and... Uh, Johnson. Yeah. Johnson. And, uh, I mean, you'd have to play McFarlane and Johnson, so it's really going to come down to Dawson versus Pierce. And, 
Silvani as well. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure the board will go into a bit of a meltdown if Del Dawson does get their rod not over Pierce, but um, you know that's that's a decision that you know, will have to be made. But you know, still a fair bit of time down the track, and Silvani will obviously be trying to push his name forward as well. With and you know, if he can get a run at it for the next three to four weeks. Yeah. Any other highlights or uh, matchups? I think the David Armitage matchup should be a pretty uh, key one for the game. So it'll be interesting to see how Ross Lyon goes with it, whether he just uses a head-to-head matchup maybe against Monday or whether he sort of plays a bit more lockdown with the likes of Subin or... Mazungu even. I think maybe I probably missed it last week. I can't remember the result, uh, the role that Mazungu had, but Mazungu's a, a good runner and I know Armitage covers a lot of ground and racks up a lot of balls, so that might be an opportunity for... I know we've probably been rotating different people like Mzungu and Clancy Pierce and, and Subin through those sort of soft tag roles, but it might be an opportunity for Mzungu to get the run against him and probably the best uh, midfielder out there for the Saints along with Stephen. So it's a good opportunity for a player like uh, Subin or um, you know Mundy to go head-to-head or give Zung the big role on him because it's certainly going to be a lot harder and without Fife in there, we're not going to be... Uh, Winning the ball as much as we'd expect, but um, still with obviously Sandy, with Mundy and Barlow and Neil and the combinations that we've been having, that we'll uh, still win our fair share of the ball. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, if you play Mazungu on this, Seppo, then it does uh, mean that you're going to play, because Armitage is going to start in the centre just about all game. Mm. So then it does mean that you're going to have to play Mazungu in that centre, with that centre group. And yeah. it's probably not an ideal situation. The fact that uh, Sandland should have a pretty... Um, Dominant air, you know, result against it should be pretty too strong for Hickey, and even more so when Griffin comes in. That means that we can probably make sure that the ball doesn't go towards Armitage in those ruck hitouts. Mm. We can sort of direct the ball towards, and I mean not not to downgrade anything like uh, Stephen or Lockie Weller or those guys, but um, Armitage is clearly the best sort of midfielder they have, and that's probably where they're going. They may struggle a little bit. I mean, I think they're they've got a lot of their back line's pretty solid, and I think they've got a good forward line, but their midfield with the likes of Savage and um, Armitage and um, Weller and those sort of guys probably, and even like if you use Ross and Akers, are probably not up to the likes of our second tier in the midfield. Mm. Uh, but in saying that last year, I mean, last year they had a few other guys coming in as well, like Farron Ray and those sort of guys who aren't playing in this game and... Uh, so it'll be definitely an interesting game. What are, you, uh, what's your, what are your tips for the uh, game, Sefo? What do you think it's going to be? Oh, I think it's going to be a similar result to uh, last week. A bit more high scoring, but probably around the 25 or 26 points, I think. This is uh, not going to be a blowout, but um, I expect us to win. There's no way, uh, famous last words, I, I can't see us losing this game, but I don't see us smashing them either. So I think they'll uh, get the result. Right things go our way, and um, yeah, put me down for twenty-five. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close to that. And you know, I, I was thinking more like five, you know, that five goals. So around that thirty to thirty-five point mark. Uh, I know that, as you said, the guys will be coming out to uh, sort of. Uh, I think they'll try and get an early lead, Seppo, and uh, pretty much control the game from there. And uh, you know, I don't think they'll want to be putting in. Uh, you know, as you said, percentage is not really. A crucial aspect for us at the moment, so it really comes down to the fact that you want to get the four points, bank them, and uh, get away with as you know, hopefully no injuries, and that's uh, you know, and then you just look to next week as well, which will obviously be a cracking game against uh, West Coast. Yeah, and it's uh, obviously interesting because it will be the uh, last game of the round. I've seen all the uh, 
results before us, but it'll just be interesting to see if, if the result does go that way of, uh, um, Obviously, with uh, you know Richmond playing Adelaide, that result might shape the top four. Obviously, if Richmond make it in or not. Obviously, if Adelaide win, it could be hard for Richmond to make it. And um, obviously, the Hawks and and West Coast. I'm not sure what's more favourable for us in terms of either sealing the top spot or even just picking our opponent who's going to finish fourth. So it'll be uh, quite interesting to see when we get there and what it means even for the Derby the week after. Yeah, I think it's probably better for us to be honest if. Uh... I know you look at it one or two ways. If Hawks end up second, Seppo, we may not necessarily see them until the GF. Mm. Um, if they end up third, then they come over and play West Coast first week, then they go back home, and then they would come and play us in the prelim. So travelling two times in three weeks, is, you know, especially for a lot of their older guys, would certainly not be the cushy run. I think if they get the cushy run at the MCG, it'll be they'll be certainly a lot more difficult to beat than um, playing them two or three times in... Uh, you know, and that's not to downgrade the other sides, but they're going to be clearly the team to beat, even though last week Richmond had a win. Uh, I still think they're probably the uh, side that is going to go in favourites. Mm. All right. Any other news you want to bring up, Seppo, um, this week before we finish up? No, other than the fact that I look forward to seeing you over here for this game on uh, Sunday. Yeah, no, it should be good. And uh, if also the uh, game, big game next week, Seppo, the Derby, is uh, if we've got any guys who are listening in Melbourne and they're keen to... Get a kick, uh... yeah. We're still short of probably a couple of numbers, and we're looking forward to anyone that can uh, don some boots and run around on a Freo jumper, kicking the ball of us against the uh, the East Coast Eagles. So we're looking for you. So if you want to get involved, hit me up on uh, the forum, and we'll uh, get get a spot for you out there. And where is the game, Seppo? Just in case any of the uh, people want to come down and have a bit of a look. You want to come down and watch it? It's at Fleming Park in Brunswick. Um, it's going to be played on the Sunday before the Derby, a couple of hours before. So I think it's uh, bounce downs at 2 o'clock and uh, we'll be playing and obviously going to the Great Northern afterwards to watch the game. So if you can't make the game and just want to come along to the Derby, we've got the whole place uh, booked up and big event on there to watch Derby as well. Terrific. And hopefully no injuries for any of the guys who are out there playing in that one either. Yep. So I suppose for some of them, it'll only be a once-a-year game, so the body might be a bit sore the next day. Mm. All right, that's pretty much it for this week. Thanks again for joining us, Seppo. No worries. And uh, just uh, one final word. It's great to see you know, with Alex Savani players. We'll actually have two Alex out there, two Lockies and three Pierces. So getting the uh, the names going as well. <laughs> yeah, we combine that with all the St Kilda Jackson. It'll be a, yeah, it'll be a fair <laughs> chance. Fest. Yep. All right, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks again for listening. And just a reminder, you can uh, listen to it on website or you can download from iTunes and next week the big derby and we'll hopefully uh, preview that after a good win against the Saints. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now.